Good evening, dummies. Monday, September 20th, 8.33 p.m. My name is Matthew Spear. I am your host of Don't Unfriend Me. And tonight we are doing episode 225. What are we doing tonight and what is it all about? Well, someone's got to go back to town and bring us back a sheetload of dimes. Yes, a little reference to Blazing Saddles, if you know the movie. A teacher... Not really that important, but I will go ahead and give you his sexual disposition and race because that is important to the conversation. He is a white homosexual, but he's a teacher. And he had some things to say that making sure that our children act a certain way with some obedience and with some proper etiquette and some manners is essentially asking them to do that white supremacy. Listen, I don't give the time of day to some people because they're just, they're morons. But this is a teacher. And this is not only a teacher, but a teacher in Virginia. Folks, we're gonna dive into it tonight. We're gonna have that conversation. Remember, we are episode 225, just to make sure I got that in because I made the graphic. I might as well show it. Hang tight, I'll be right back. Recorded from an undisclosed location. Always honest, always direct. So sit back, relax. Don't unfriend me starts right now. Well, thank you, dummies. Where can you find me? Where can you find Don't Unfriend Me? Pretty much everywhere. I'm on all your social channels. Down here in the corner, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Anchor, Apple, um, Instagram, and all of the others. Stop by. If you want to listen to my podcast, Anchor FM is the best place to go. That has all of my links to all of the podcasts that I'm on. I think I'm on 13 right now. And then, of course, you can see it on YouTube or Rumble or anywhere else. Stop on by these sites. It helps out. Give it a like, share, and subscribe if you could, even if you don't surf those areas quite a bit, or it's just a social media platform you jumped on at one point, go over there, search for at Don't Unfriend Me Show, give it a like, follow, and share. Every time you do, God doesn't kill a puppy. And that's important, folks. We love our puppies. That goes away. It'll be up at the end of the show if you missed it. Remember, you can also go to my website if you would like at don'tunfriendme.com. If you're not a big fan of social media, that is where you can go. There are not many rules to Don't Unfriend Me. All we ask is that you are a dummy. What the heck does that mean? Are you insulting me? I just got here. Well, whether you've watched one second of this show or this is episode 225 by the end of tonight, the dummies are the don't unfriend me's. It's an acronym. You see the symbols all over the set. The dummies are the don't unfriend me's. Barstool Sports has the stoolies. We have dummies and it's a compliment. However, what you don't want to be is a dum-dum, a special kind of sucker led by Dusty Dinkelman. Dum-dums are people who come on the page and they just want to argue. They just want to go ahead and troll and make 17 comments and argue with you incessantly and then go back to their friends and say, <coughs> look what I did. I got banned. Guess what? We don't like you, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat or something in between. If you're a dum-dum, you will be labeled and you will be cast out. You are the weakest link. Bye-bye. Last but not least, please like, share, and subscribe. If you could, one more reminder and share this right now so we can get as many people as possible. Let's get into it. And tonight's show is brought to you by Colorado Avalanche Hockey. We're 21 days away. White supremacy is not only the most moronic concept ever created by man, but it it is as much as your choice as it was the Easter Bunny. Can we stop pretending that the color of your skin had anything to do with you 
and everything to do with natural selection. I could go into DNA and chromosomes, pigmentation, melanin, but I won't. Just know that all of us came in first place during conception, so we are all winners in my book. Now that we have addressed that, I am indeed on the right side of humanity, and don't wear fine linen from the JCPenney bedroom decor aisle. So let's start from there. Now, this may make everyone uncomfortable, but it needs to be said, I know. You will find a way through this. Grab a Tide Pod, go to your safe space, and hug your 8th place potato sack race trophy. Are you ready? Not everything is racist. Holy hand grenade, Batman! I understand how frustrating this can be. I also understand that you want to shed your white guilt over nothing that you took part in. But alas, it is time to find a new cause. Let me explain. I was attempting to create a TikTok account this morning. Don't start. A viewer told me I have to do this and it would help the show. I'm still not convinced. Anyway, what was one of the first videos that I saw? Here it is. Watch. Please don't throw up on the aisle seats. We don't have a cleaning crew yet. We can't afford it. I made a comment on one of Miss April's recent videos about PBIS in which I stated that PBIS is white supremacy with the hug. And a lot of y'all wanted to know more about that. So here we go. First of all, thank you to Jack Copa, who um, reminded me that um, Dina Simmons was the first to coin this term. So thank you, Jack, so much. So if PBIS concerns itself with positive behaviors, um, we have to ask ourselves, okay, well, what are those positive behaviors? And it's things like making sure that you're following directions and making sure that you're sitting quietly and you are in your seat and all these things that come from white culture. The idea of just sitting quiet and being told stuff and taking things in in a passive stance is not a thing that's in with many cultures. So if we're positively enforcing these behaviors, we are by extension positively enforcing elements of white culture, which therefore keeps whiteness at the center, which is the definition of white supremacy. Huh? Josh Thompson, an English teacher at Blacksburg High School, posted a since-deleted TikTok video attacking the positive behavioral interventions and supports the PBIS program used in Montgomery County schools. And here's the thing. I haven't deleted anything I have said. I have got 225 some odd hours of video out there. Any one of them could get me fired. And I don't delete them. I made a promise to myself that when I did this, I would not backtrack. I will explain myself or admit that maybe it was the proverbial slip of the tongue or that I indeed meant that and I apologize if it offended people, but I'm not going to take it down. It's there. You made it. At least have conviction. I would respect you more, but alas, now I don't. Now, what in the Sam Hill is going on with Virginia? I fled California to escape people like this, the ultra-woke and self-entitled. Now it seems they followed me, and for that I apologize, but if we don't dress, address stuff like this immediately, it will be coming to a theater near you. You can count on it. I don't care if your state's arterial red. I want to address Mr. Thompson's overarching accusa accusation that asking children to behave is indeed white supremacy with a hug. Well, at least it has improved over the years, and it isn't white supremacy with a burning cross in the yard. Baby steps, folks. Now, positive behavioral interventions and supports PBIS is not white supremacy with a hug. 
Of course, Mr. Thompson's accusations are completely devoid of any fact and unfounded. This is the standard with emotional arguments. PBIS and supports is an evidence-based three-tiered framework to improve and integrate all of the data systems and practices affecting student outcomes every day. PBIS creates schools where all students succeed, or at least that's the goal. Tier one practices and systems establish a foundation of regular proactive support while preventing unwanted behaviors. Schools provide these universal supports to all students school-wide, regardless of race, color, creed, or sexual dis disposition. Tier two, practices and system support students who are at risk for developing more serious problem behaviors before those behaviors start. These supports help students develop the skills they need to benefit from core programs at the school. Tier three, students receive more intensive, individualized support to improve their behavioral and academic outcomes. At this level, schools rely on formal assessments to determine a student's need. Now, I can honestly say I don't know if this is effective or if it would work. I can tell you what it sounds better than. It sounds better than lithium, Ritalin, Prozac, Benzedrine, or abusing your child with experimental psychotropic drugs or taking a freaking belt to their bodies. How about this? At the age of seven, parents are wondering why their child is out of sorts. Signs of hyperactivity lead to exams and specialists. A thyroglothic duct cyst is found in the neck area of the small child, and the doctors claim it is tapping on the thyroid and causing hyperactivity. Parents have it sub subsequently removed and a recovery period is needed after major surgery on the child. But the promises of the hyperactivity do not subside. Medication is prescribed that causes nosebleeds, headaches, muscle aches, chills, vertigo, brain zaps, and countless other detrimental effects that have lifelong impact. That child was obviously me, and I can tell you that nothing solved these issues for me other than time and discipline. There isn't an amount of medicine or corporal punishment that can permeate through the underdeveloped mind. It takes a steady diet of structure and understanding that seldom is displayed in society today, especially in our schools. Instead, we medicate without counsel. We lock the problem away and shower it with gifts and promises that will never provide a sustained pathway to maturity. This is where companies like PBIS come into the picture and provide these tools to children. In the video, Mr. Thompson claims that the behaviors PBIS focuses are on a closer level to canine training or some other form of obedience training. This is a simplification of the utmost severity and, of course, completely inaccurate. Here are some of the focuses that PBIS strives to excel in for our children. Bullying prevention, coaching, decision-making, disabilities, early childhood equity, family, juvenile justice, mental health, social-emotional well-being, opined crisis and opioid crisis, and substance abuse, restraint, seclusion, climate transformation, and school-wide education and understanding. That sounds abysmal. Yuck! Now, I'm not the biggest fan of public education, but I am certainly not a fan of publicly medicating children into submission either. These are alternatives that have nothing to do with racism or supremacy, but everything to do with helping children. And for Mr. Thompson to pretend otherwise is indeed racist in itself. To assume that behavioral abnormalities don't cross the lines of skin color and race is not only ignorant, but completely ill-informed. Addressing the points Mr. Thompson made about other cultures not holding their children to the same standard as white kids is, again, woefully ignorant.
This guy really is an evil Joe McHale. To pretend that all cultures are not interested in well-behaved and disciplined children goes against the numbers and common sense. Positive parenting. While most parents in Europe hold back on praising their children, Irish parents are far more vocal in their appreciation of good behavior. In fact, our, my research revealed that 64% frequency rewarded their children with praise more than all other European countries. This contrasts with France, where 4 in 10 avoid dishing out praise. In fact, French parents regularly say no to their children to teach them patience. Rewards. Giving children plenty of hugs and love, praising their accomplishments, and showering them with toys, presents, and clothes were all listed as the most popular ways that parents in Europe and America reward good behavior. How about tempers rising? While a quarter of European parents admit to being quick to lose their temper when faced with naughty behavior, only 18% of Irish parents agreed. In France, however, nearly a third are quick to lose their cool, making them the most hot-headed in Europe. I had no idea. Strict rules. The strictest country is Britain, where over a third of parents are stern on discipline, educating children on the reason why their behavior is wrong. 42%. Taking away toys, 36%, and rationalizing with them, only 29%, are the most effective ways to deal with bad behavior, according to parents in the UK. In fact, these were the most popular methods of discipline for most parents in my research across Europe. Portuguese parents are less strict compared to their counterparts in countries like Britain, France, and the Netherlands. Only 28% take a firm approach, while they are also the least likely to shout at their children. Only 1% of Portuguese parents use this method of discipline compared to 1 in 10 adults in Italy. Despite these differences, nearly all countries agreed that respect, well-behaved, and sociable were the most valuable attributes for children to have. Most European parents also agreed that having a cheeky character, being quiet, and having a sensitive personality were considered of less importance compared to other attributes. How about independent children? While half of parents from France are reluctant to give their children too much freedom, most Italians, 66%, believe it is an important part of growing up. They are also the least likely to fuss their children as they believe it makes them more resilient. Over 65% of Italian parents take a hands-off approach, 15% more than EU countries. This is not the case in Portugal, where only 4 in 10 parents likely to give their child an abundance of freedom. The majority, 60%, pride themselves on being extremely involved in their children's lives. How about bedtimes and mealtimes, something I argue with my wife with incessantly. Italian parents expect good behavior from their children, particularly during mealtimes. More parents in Italy than any other European country adhere to strict rules during breakfast, lunch, and dinner. In fact, 54% expect children to eat grown-up food and demonstrate great table manners. This is in contrast to Dutch parents who are particularly relaxed at the dinner table. Less than half said they adhere to strict mealtimes, 10% less than their Italian counterparts. Yet all agree they should finish their meal. At bedtime, Portuguese parents are most likely to keep a rigorous bedtime routine. Over 60% stick to set bedtimes. This is in stark contrast to Irish parents where less than half say children need to be in bed by a particular hour. Lastly, what about treating children as equals? Italian parents are least likely to believe children should be treated as equals, while 61% of Europeans say all members of the family share the same rights. Less than half of Italian adults agree. 
And in contrast, French parents are the most likely to treat their children as equals. Over 75% believe treating children as counterparts is a positive parenting technique. When each culture was asked what they want for their kids to a country and a people, the answer was always the same. We want the very best for our kids and to have them grow up into well-behaved and successful adults. I guess it seems the world is full of white supremacists as well, eh, Mr. Thompson? Now to address the last thing Mr. Thompson said, the ever-present post hoc ergo propter hoc argument. I have explained this before, but it means in the simplest of terms, after this, therefore because of this. Making the comparison to something that happened is not the reason that other things that follow happen. When Mr. Thompson makes this fallacy argument that positively enforcing positive behaviors, that we are subsequently enforcing white supremacist behavior, the fact of the matter is Mr. Thompson is indeed like all ultra-woke leftists are enforcing this victim mentality and a reverse racism on America. Of course, this is unbeknownst to him and the rest of his true believers because they will never recognize that the only people keeping a racism alive are the people who will not stop talking about it. Racism is a learnt behavior. It isn't present in children or society at a systemic level. We certainly are accountable for our own actions, and there are bad apples in every bunch, but to program children to believe that there is something wrong with them or that one race is responsible for their place in life, this is the very thing you are accusing white people of. Surely you can see the hypocrisy in the thought process. Our society has failed to take the good things from our past and learn from the despotism and terrible actions of the past. But pardon me if I fail to be lectured to by a white man espousing his white privilege and white denial. See what I did there? It doesn't feel good, does it? Kids today need to understand the finer points of self-discipline and control. Yes, there are things we can do better, and maybe we can have that conversation, but there are so many other theories and discoveries necessary before we venture down that avenue. Racism is important to address, but not before we address respect and equity, kindness, honor, and loyalty to each other. Otherwise, you are asking a simple mind to engage in complex thinking. You are asking our children to run before they can even crawl. However, if you quash their opportunity to learn these skill sets, you are hamstringing their potential in the future. Because when you give children the concept of individuality without guidance, when you deny them the lessons of dissemination and logical progression, when you fill their heads with victim mentality and white people are bad, then you create people like Mr. Thompson and hundreds of thousands just like him. Folks, that's it for my show tonight. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you for watching Don't Unfriend Me. If you like what you heard, great. Give me a like, share, and subscribe if you would not mind. I would greatly appreciate it. If you hated what you heard, well, then maybe you can come back tomorrow and it will be a little bit better. We'll figure it out. I will leave like I always do with the Veteran Crisis Hotline. 22 veterans a day commit suicide. It's going to be higher than that with Afghanistan and the holidays fast approaching. It's going to be up in the 25 to 27. Please do me a favor. Reach out to a vet immediately. Ask them if they need help. Ask them how they are. Ask them if you can bake them a cake or take them shopping. Whatever you can do, it doesn't matter what age. We are losing a generation of vets, and they need your help. Traumatic brain injury. 
ETS, stress and anxiety, depression are all very, very real and they need to talk it through. If they won't talk to you, perhaps they will talk to another vet. I am making myself open any time of day or night. Reach out and I will help you with that phone call. If that doesn't work, they can go to donutfriendly.com, click on the VCL link and be connected to a Skype operator or a phone call free of charge, completely anonymous. And remember, if you are not a vet, they will never turn you away either. You don't have to serve to get the help that you need. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. We all need someone to talk to from time to time. Folks, thank you for 225. Thank you for sticking around. Don't leave. I will do the after show and I will go through all these wonderful questions that are left. Have a blessed night. Thank you. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe. Give me a bunch of hearts and all that stuff. Keep this thing going as fast and long as you can. I will see you tomorrow.